0: Thank you, Jesus. So glad I came today. I like it. I like seeing all those beautiful Bibles. All right, let's declare over this word today what we're expecting. Ready? Let's go. This is my Bible. It is the inspired, infallible, immutable word of God. I long for it more than my necessary food. I love it, and I'm never offended. I live by it, and I prosper in whatever I do. The word that I'm about to receive will sanctify me, build me up, and give me an inheritance among the saints. In Jesus' name, amen. Open your Bibles very quickly to John chapter 3. John 3. I'm going to read a very familiar passage if you've been in church any time in your life. Very familiar. But i got to follow the leading of the Lord today. John 3. I'd like us to read uh, two verses. John 3, verse 16 and 17. And if you know it already, that's wonderful. But let's read it. Put our eyes on it. Let's read it together. About to have it? Okay. Ready? Read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Again, verse 16 says that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Today I want to use this subject and ask a question. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? You may be seated today in the presence of the Lord. Do you believe in Jesus? I know this may seem very basic to many people in our church. You're already saved and you're already filled with the Holy Ghost and walking with Jesus all you know how. But uh, if you just stick with me today and the next week and however long the Lord has us speaking on this issue, this matter, I'm going way beyond saving faith and basic believing into advanced believing Praise the Lord So do you believe in Jesus Christ Do you believe in Jesus We last, uh, well two Sundays ago We, we were la- blessed last Sunday to have uh, Pastor Buffers with us And did a wonderful job, didn't he And um, he talked, But the Sunday before that was the last time I was before you In this capacity And I talked on from the message Jesus the sure foundation Right <laughs> And we talked about how anything that you build uh, Without A good foundation is destined to crumble and fall. Is that right? And we even said, though, if you've experienced failure or something has fallen in your life, then the only thing you need to do is simply dig up the old, faulty foundation, put down a a new good foundation, a a sure foundation, right? And we talked about how Jesus Christ is the sure foundation on which we can build our marriages and our families, our businesses, our ministries, governments, need to be built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We were in Isaiah 28 and verse 16. Let's go there. Isaiah 28 verse 16. This is just a little bit of review. And review is preview. Anybody found that? <clears throat> Isaiah writes, Therefore thus says the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion, a stone for foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. Whoever believes will not act hastily. Praise the Lord. So I taught you uh, the two sentences ago on the three uh, aspects of Jesus that Isaiah wrote about. He said he's a tried stone. Everybody say tried stone. So Jesus Christ, including his word, they've been tested and proven. All right? You want to use things that have been proven before. Hebrews 13, verse 8, Jesus says, or the writer says, Jesus Christ is the same. Y'all know it? Yesterday, today, and forever. All right? So he's the same. So he's, he's a tried stone. Then it says in Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen that he's a precious cornerstone. Say precious cornerstone. I taught you about when you're building, you get not only a foundation, but you got to have a cornerstone. And that cornerstone dictates the level uh, and straightness of the entire building. It's, it's going to be level horizontally and straight vertically. In other words, we uh, vertically, we have to make sure our relationship with the Lord, God, is, is in order. Beyond that, horizontally, we make sure our relationship with everybody else, all mankind, is in order. 1 Peter 2, verse 7, they can throw it on the screen for us. 1 Peter 2, verse 7. Peter said that to we who believe, Jesus Christ is precious. But to those who are disobedient, he's the stone which the builders have rejected, but he's become the chief cornerstone. So again, I'm just making sure you understand when Isaiah writes in Isaiah 28:16, he's prophesying about Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. Jesus. Glory to God. I like preaching about Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. The last thing he said... In description in Isaiah twenty-eight sixteen, 16, he said, a sure foundation, a sure foundation, able to hold up, uh, able to withstand anything. And I gave you this scripture, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 11, two weeks ago, and Paul says there, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is, come on, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. So Jesus Christ is the tried stone. He is the precious cornerstone. And he is the sure foundation. He's the one that you and I must lean on, depend on, and go to our, our whole lives. The 18th chapter of Proverbs says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run in and they are safe. So he's the one that we need to depend on. And if you try to build anything else outside of or or uh, with other thing, anything other than that foundation, it's destined to fall and crumble. Yeah. Marriages crumble yeah. eventually yeah. if they're not built on the right foundation. Right. Businesses crumble eventually. Right. I don't care how successful they might be in the Fortune 500, even in the Fortune 100. Right. On, but if they're not built on the solid foundation of Jesus Christ, eventually they're going to fall. Right. We read that in Revelation. Yeah. The Babylonian system is going to fall. Right. You got it? Y'all read Revelation? Yes sir. yes, sir. See a lot of. Well, I didn't read it, Reverend. All right. Praise the Lord. It's still in your Bible. You can go back and read it. Yes. Praise God. Take your time. It's still there. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now, let's go back to Isaiah 28, 16. Isaiah 28, 16. So he's the tried stone, he's the precious cornerstone, and he's the sure foundation. But the last line of this says, whoever believes will not act hastily. Whoever believes, now believes what or who? In him. The the verse is prophesying about Jesus. So whoever believes in him will not act hastily. Praise God. So how can I be sure not act hastily? Well, because I know he's a triad stone, a precious cornerstone. And a sure foundation so I don't ever have to get out of sorts now this is important to climate that we live in because there's all sort of things that are coming in this world on this earth that are shaking people up and you and I don't need to be shaken by anything we have a tried stone a precious cornerstone and a sure foundation doesn't matter what all goes on you and I don't have to fall or act hastily about anything amen now, Isaiah 28, 16, I want the media to media put that up, please, in the Amplified Bible. Amplified. And I want us to read that. Glory to God. And I want you to see this. There's a couple different ways that it says here. It says, therefore, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am laying in Zion for a foundation, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of sure foundation. He who believes, trusts in, relies on, and adheres to that stone will not be ashamed. Watch this last part. Or give way or hasten away in sudden panic. You don't have to panic. I don't care what happens. You know, most people, they get a bad news phone call and they immediately panic. Somebody just had a car accident and you panic. Just got a call. Somebody's in the hospital and you panic. Y'all don't have to say anything to me. I know. Because you're you're, you're panicking, call me. So I already know. So let's not be fake this morning. Let's be real and deal with the real deal. We can get over the real deal and we can fix it. So you and I, if we believe in him, we don't have to panic. So no more panic attacks in the body of Christ. Come on now. It's amazing to me how much in, in the body of Christ they're, they're, you got all these uh, Christian psychotherapists trying to make sure it's telling you you know, prescribe this and prescribe that because people have panic attacks. Why? Not when you believe in him. If you believe in him, you shouldn't panic or hasten about anything. I'll move on. Give me the new international version, please, the NIV. New International Version Let's see how it it puts this Glory to God Says so this is what the Sovereign Lord says See I lay a stone in Zion A tested stone, a precious cornerstone For a sure foundation The one who relies on it Will never be stricken with panic Notice panic strikes So panic doesn't come from you It comes to you Y'all better come down here Panic comes to you. You are not a panicker. You're supposed to be a believer. Say it, I'm not a panicker. Nah, you, can't, you can't use that word in Scrabble. Okay? You can't, don't go telling the. this is my word. I just made this word up. Say it again, I'm not a panicker. I'm a believer. No matter what comes, no matter what happens, no matter what I face, no matter what I hear, No matter what I see I will not panic I'm a believer I don't care what bad news and there's a lot of bad news out there you turn on the Tampa Bay Times Bay News 9 or whatever you want to turn on and and watch that stuff man I'm telling you a lot of reason to panic because panic is all around us but I'm a believer said I'm a believer Do you believe in Jesus? (laughs) Give me finally the New Living Translation. The New Living Translation. Hallelujah. It says this. Now we're not panicking. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. I got all kind of time this morning. They didn't start the clock, so I can (laughs) preach long as I want. I'm looking at the clock. Okay, praise God. Don't start it! No! 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 You can't! You can start it! now. Don't! Too late. Too late. too late! too late! Too late! I got grandfathered in to unlimited time this morning. Praise the Lord! Praise God! Hope you brought your lunch then. No, I'm just messing with you. Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says: Look, I'm placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem. A firm and tested stone. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on. My God, I like that. Oscar, you got to have something safe to build on. You can't, you can't build on anything. My wife and I were talking about, you know, we, we just we, we need more space. All the things that we, you know, God is doing in our lives. Not just space for stuff, but we're, we're active. Every, us, including our children, they're all doing something. That they require more space, and we acknowledge that. And we're like, man, I'm just, as much as I enjoy the home that God has given us, it's probably time to be packing up and moving. Because you need more space, it's time. And uh, we're talking about maybe we can, you know, like some people do is build up. And I said, the only problem is you have you can't just build up because you want to build up, you have to know that the foundation when it was originally built was built to stand up, to take two stories. You can't just throw a second story on. Uh, here, here comes a, a dating minute. Here comes, a, I just felt a dating minute, come on. You can't just add a second person to your life if your foundation ain't ready to handle a second person in your life. Oh, glory, oh, glory, oh, oh, oh. If you've only built a single story, you can't handle two stories. You got a story, he got a story. You got a story, she got a story. Some of y'all, you can't handle two stories. Some of you all stories met, whacked up. Y'all call it baggage. I, they come with baggage and, you know, a past, a history. Skeletons in the closet. That's your story. You might have a one-story house uh, life right now so you can get your story, your foundation right, then you can add somebody else's story to your story and not crumble. Good God of mine. That's that's, that's worth tweeting right there. You got (laughs) to. So it's a precious cornerstone that's safe to build on. Everybody say "Safe safe to build on. Jesus is safe to build on. Then it says here, whoever believes need never be shaken. So we've talked about panicking, but he says you don't ever need to be shaken. Anybody ever been shaken? Yes. Oh, you might say in your neighborhood shook up. When I mean, when Elvis had a song? Uh-huh. I'm all shook up. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't listen to Elvis, but that's the only line I know. All shook up. (laughs) But it says, if you believe, you need never be shaken. Say, I'll never be shaken. I'm not going to be panicking. And I won't be shaken. You shall not be shaken when you hear bad news. That man in Psalm 112, he doesn't have any fear of evil tidings. How many of y'all have ever gotten bad news? So nobody's exempt from that. I know you Holy Ghost filled. I know you speak in rasha, ta, karabasha. I know you spray in tongues. But that does not exempt you from hearing bad news. You're going to hear some bad news every once in a while. But you have to, depending on... Uh, Your level of believing, you're going to be shaken or unshaken. A lot of times, even as uh, Sister Michelle testified earlier, you know, when you are just learning faith, you kind of easily get shaken by stuff. We understand it. We understand it. We understand it. Uh, Remember the disciples, they were on a boat. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And uh, he's he's asleep in the back of the boat. And all of a sudden the storm hits the, the water right. and all of a sudden their boat starts reeling and rocking. Yeah. They, they got shaken, at least. Yeah. In fact, they were so shaken, they started speaking death. Yeah. Jesus, you don't care, we are dying. Right. You don't care, we are dying. Yeah. And he got up and, and still the storm and asked them, where is your faith? Right. Now, he had been teaching them faith this whole time. He said, where is it? What happened was They believed him as Jesus As Lord But they didn't believe in him For safety yeah. See my point I want to show you today Because some of y'all are looking at me like Well I'm already saved I don't need this message I'm going to go past your little salvation, your little salvation. Come on. Come on, So don't tune me off Just because you're saving on your way to heaven Because if you stick with me may not get, I may not get to you today But I'm going to bowl down your lane Before this is over I'm going to hit your level, and you're going to find out where you are. Because if you get bad news and you still get shaken, if you still panic, then I got to ask you, do you believe in Jesus? Because whoever believes in him will not be shaken. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now, so I won't be shaken. Say I won't be shaken. Give me Acts 2. I want to read something here. Acts 2, 22 through 28. Acts 2, 22 through 28. Glory to God. Hallelujah. When you get there, you'll find me reading these words. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by what? Miracles, Miracles come on. And which God did through him. In your midst, as you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death, whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death. Thank you, Lord, because it was not possible that he should be held by. It It was impossible for death to hold Jesus. Your Bible calls Jesus Christ the Prince of life. So because he's the prince of life, death couldn't hold him. Well, that that, that may not mean anything to you till you're dead. That may not mean much to you now, but when you're dead, that means something. (laughs) They'll catch you next Tuesday. Verse 25. For David says concerning him, I foresaw, I foresaw... The Lord always before my face. This is David in the Old Testament. I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. Y'all will catch that. He said, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand, that I may not be shaken. All the time. All the time he's right beside me. And because I'm, I, now, David was Old Testament. He wasn't in Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Old Testament. Which meant the Lord was never physically right there. But he said, I foresaw. Or I saw in a different dimension. I saw in a different realm the Lord always before my face. I, I believe he was there. And because I believe, thank you, Lord, he was there at my right hand, I was never shaken. When I stood before Goliath, I wasn't shaken. When I faced the bear and the lion, I wasn't shaken. When I faced all the Philistines coming against me, I wasn't shaken. When I had to deal with my own son, Absalom, coming against me, I was not shaken. When Saul was on my path, trying to destroy me, I was not shaken. Do you notice, do you notice, your, your Bible, your, thank you, Holy Ghost. The Bible says David, he ended up serving in Saul's palace. David's plan, harp, whatever he's planned, to soothe Saul. But Saul began to get a little uh, jealous about David's escapades. David was doing great things And the Bible says that Saul Took a spear, a javelin And he would throw it at him Trying to kill him Now you, if that was you You would have quit your job You all that saying of it You would have quit your job The boss trying to kill you Come on now, am I right about it? Am I right about it? You wouldn't have, you wouldn't have come back Monday You would have called for your last check Hey, mail my last check You would have been back Monday, right? Some of y'all, your boss just say something harsh and you quit. But here, here is David. His boss is trying to kill him, and he went back to work the next day. Y'all not catching what I'm saying here. He said, because I saw the Lord always before my face, he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. I wasn't shaken by a man trying to kill me who I was serving. I, I, just, I, just, I just get so tired of hearing this old uh, church hurt jump people keep talking about. I got, I got church hurt. Church hurt, why, why you don't go to church? I got church hurt. You wasn't a believer. You were a member. Hey, turn the air conditioning back on. You were a member. You was not a believer. Because a believer won't be shaken. A believer won't be shaken because somebody said something about their little shoes, about their little dress, about their little little hair. They be shaking. Okay, I'll take the correction. All right, right. I receive it. Members don't do that. Members. All right. So say I will, not be I will not be shaken. So you and I aren't supposed to be shaken or disturbed by anything. No, I will not be shaken. There's all kind of crises out here, all kind of challenges, all kind of conditions, circumstances that are out here that are trying to shake us. I, I was, I got this alert from um, one of the group meets I'm in. I'm in a bunch of group meets, and they all a bunch of group meets groups. One of the group I was in, they put it out that, hey, everybody make sure you take care of yourself, because it's a, it's a strain of flu going around that, man, it's, it's taking people out. And they said, beyond that, the coronavirus is out there. Man, you got to watch out for all that. I'm like, praise God. How am I I'm supposed to watch out for something I can't see? You know what I'm saying? You gotta bob and weave, you know what I'm saying? You can't, what you gonna do? No evil shall befall me. Neither shall any plague come nigh my dwelling. Right? I'm 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 covered by the blood of Jesus. He gives his angels charge over me. To keep me in all my ways, they bear me up in their hands, lest I dash my foot against a stone. Now, he said, keep me in all my ways. Not just when I'm flying on an airplane or driving in a car. He can keep me when I'm in the grocery store and somebody got coronavirus walking right up next to me. And the angels stand between you and the coronavirus. Hey, 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 hey. Wait, see, some of y'all are saying, you know what? Maybe you don't believe that. See, if you don't believe that, you here's the thing: you don't believe nothing. You believe something. Everyone believes something. So if you don't believe the word, then you believe the world. That's why y'all masked up, gloved up. <laughs> Shout up! Give me a shot. Give me a shot. So much so you're going into, going into a Walgreens, letting somebody working at Walgreens shoot you up. Yeah, right. Walgreens? you going to Walgreens and get a shot? It ain't somebody making minimum wage going to give you a shot? <laughs> huh? At least go to your doctor. They went to school for that. Many years. Praise God. I mean, I can buy Doritos and get a flu shot in the same place. All right, let's keep going here. So I'm not not shaking. Everybody say I'm not shaking. I'm not shaking. Now, we still got to ask. Okay, let me me read these last three verses here. Give me verse 26, please, to 28. Hallelujah. Therefore, watch this. My heart rejoiced. Now, maybe you said I'm not going to be shaken. Remember that? Therefore, my heart rejoiced. Now, he's dealing with a bad situation. He said, therefore, my heart rejoiced, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Keep going. For you will not leave my soul in a mess. Hades, hell, Sheol, I would not leave. It, even though, in other words, I might go through something, Robert, but I'm not, going, I'm not stuck there. That's not my destination. Glory to God. Anybody ever been traveling between here and, you know, Tennessee or here in Georgia and you stop at a rest stop? You didn't, that wasn't your destination, the rest stop. I hope it wasn't. They got good cookies in that vending machine. i like to go to that rest stop right there. No, that's not your destination. You just passing through there. Man, the rest stops stink. Don't stay there. So you may go through But he won't leave your soul there. He won't allow this thing to overwhelm you. You got it? No will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Keep going, please, verse 28. Watch this. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Summarize it all. He's saying that because I believe in Jesus, but because I trust in him, he's going to always bring me out with joy. You got it? That's why I'm not shaken. That's why I'm not disturbed. That's why I don't panic. Pastor, you don't ever panic? No. No. My wife will tell you that. My kids will tell you I never panic about anything. I, I'm not telling you I don't face stuff. I'd be lying to you if I sat here and told you, well, we don't, pastors, we don't do anything because, you know, in preacher world, we don't have those kind of issues. We leave here, we go to preacher world. It's on another planet somewhere. We get on a ferry and we, they take us over to preacher world. All the preachers live over there. But we're exempt from all kind of stuff. No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I said, that's not how it works. Well, Pastor, why don't you panic? Because I'm a believer. Why don't you shake it? Because I believe in Jesus. And I know that whatever the devil brings, God will bring me out. With joy. You got it? All right, now. So let's get to this here. So again... We're talking about not being shaken, not being moved. Now, as God's messenger to you today, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody in here is a believer. Been pastoring 20 plus years. And I know well enough to know that everybody sitting in church, that doesn't mean that you're a believer because you're sitting here in church. Glory to God. I was in church 17 years before I got to know Jesus Christ. I was born in church, lived in church. My parents were pastors. I went to two churches a week. Sunday, Sunday night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday morning, we were in church. Are you laughing at me because I was in church that much? I got drugged to church. Thank God for it, Deacon Christian. Thank God for it. our parents drug us the church. Drug us around the church. We had to. whatever That's another story right there. So I, I'm not, I don't, I know that not everyone that listens to me right now believes in Jesus. And there are people watching online from all over the world. Just because they're watching doesn't mean that they believe in Jesus. Furthermore, beyond that, there are levels of believing. That if you allow me, I'll take you through those levels to get you from basic to advanced. Most everybody in here, hopefully, has a basic knowledge of computers. You can turn the thing on. Some of y'all say, I can't even turn it on, Lord. <laughs> well, I tell you what, get somebody to turn it on, just leave it on, don't ever shut it off. Just, just let it, just leave it. You're not gonna hurt anything, just leave it, leave it on. If the computer will go into sleep mode, you ain't gotta touch it. Just leave it on. There's some of us, though, who have advanced knowledge. You can do more than just get on the internet. There are, there are various levels. The people at the highest levels get paid for what they know. So, I want to help us move from basic believing to advanced believing. So, my question for you today is Do you believe in Jesus? Ask neighbor, do you believe in Jesus? They didn't, they didn't look too happy. Look, look somebody else, asked them, did you, Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? No, watch. Now, basic believing, basic believing, will bring salvation. But you want to move beyond basic believing to advanced levels of believing, which will bring manifestation in your life. See, we're in a year of vision manifestation. We're in a time from now on till Jesus comes of manifestation. So you can't stay at basic believing level. Now you want to have that. That's going to give the assurance that when Jesus Christ comes, you're going to be safe. But if you want some manifestation on this planet, you're gonna need some advanced level of believing. So allow me, those of you who think you're already advanced, just just tolerate me today. Uh, I gotta teach basic. I gotta teach basic. Huh? Basic believing brings salvation. That's what I'm going to teach today in my last few minutes. It's one, two, three, four now, so it's already kind of late. And, um, <laughs> but we're going to get to advanced believing, which brings manifestation. All right, turn to John 3, please. John 3. Let's get some of this in today. John 3. Hallelujah. You're going to be glad you came this morning you already glad? You're going to be more glad. Gladder, okay. That's a ladder with a G on it. All right, John 3. John 3, I'm going to start at verse 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. That means he was a religious man, religious man in church. You understand? So that You can be religious. You can be in church. You can be having all kind of forms of godliness. Know when to stand. no when to sit. Know when to clap. no when to sing. no when to shout. Know when to dance even. May even serve on the usher board. Greeter, children's ministry, you can serve, but not be a believer in Jesus. Serving a ministry does not give you a ticket to heaven. Any more than attending church gives you a ticket to heaven. Okay? So Nicodemus is a religious man. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God. Watch this, preachers. Watch this, preachers. For no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. That's good, preachers. No one can do these signs you do unless God is with him. He's speaking some truth right there. Mark 16, 17, these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. You're going to do some signs, right? Now, verse 3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is what? Born again, born again he cannot see the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God, uh, visually, is, a, is in a different dimension. Yes, it's a different sphere. So unless you're born again, you cannot see that dimension. You got it? All right. I don't time to delve too much deep into that. Just, just take, my, take the Lord's word for it here. Verse 4. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verse 5. Jesus answered and said, Jesus answered, most assuredly I say to you, read it. Unless one is born of water and? He cannot enter the kingdom of God. So you're born of water, one from your mother. Right? When you were born, your mother's water broke. You were born of water. That naturally got you into the planet. But then born of the spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, some theologians will teach when it says born of the water means to be water baptized. And that's not, you could apply that, but in its basic sense, it's talking about being born into the earth Mm -hmm. from your mother. You got it? And we know that because if you keep reading, he'll talk about the mother, the child in the mother's womb. Right. You understand? You understand that? Yeah. Can a man be enter again into his mother's womb? Right. So when he said "born of water," he's talking about that. Yeah, that's how you got born into the earth. Right. That's right. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. He, if that doesn't happen, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Huh? Now, he said earlier, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He says here, unless you're born of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. So when he says born again in verse 3, he now makes clear in verse uh, 5 what he means. Born of the Spirit. Because when he said born again first, Nicodemus asked, can I go to my mother's womb again? He said, that ain't what I mean. Talking about being born of the Spirit. Everybody say born of the Spirit. So getting saved is a spiritual process. It's not an emotional process. It's important because because you don't want to think you're saved and you're not. It's not an emotional thing. I came to Jesus Christ because, man, I was going through some mess on my job and I just need some help, Lord. Because people who do that, a lot of times, once the help comes, they go right back to what they were doing. Because they had an emotional process. They made an emotional move. But he said born of the water and the spirit. So when you're born of the spirit, now you have been changed. I'll show you that here in a minute. Verse 6. How do I know? Here it is right here. Verse 6. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. Got it? Got it? So a child that's born... Like Abigail, your baby, when she was born, she's born of the flesh. Made of flesh. It's clear to us, she's flesh. You can look at a natural baby and know that baby is flesh. That baby is a human being. You don't doubt that. You don't look at the baby and say, oh, I, that baby is from another planet. Oh, that baby is another another species. You don't. You know. You know that baby is born of the flesh. You don't say that baby is an angel. She's Look at my little angel. Now she may be, I understand what you're saying. She, you know, he's my little angel, stuff like that. But he's not, she's not an angel. And when, when people die, they don't become angels. Hello, somebody. You don't become an angel when you die. Your grandma is not an angel now. Your great granddad is not an angel now. We just pray they made it into heaven. But if, even if they did, hopefully they did, they're not angels. They're still men and women. Well, no, they changed. Wait a minute. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the man in heaven. The Bible says there's one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. So Jesus Christ is still a man. He was born of the the flesh, born of water. But he got born of the Spirit when John baptized him. He went through a a whole new transaction, and the Lord, his Father, declared, this is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Got it? So when you get born again, we're in verse 6, When you're born of the flesh, you are flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Okay, so once you get born again, you have now been born of the spirit, and now you are a spirit. Notice the first spirit is capital S. Born of the spirit, that means the Holy Ghost, you are now spirit. So you still have a body, but you are now a spirit, which simply means now your spirit is alive. Before you get born again, your spirit is dead. Before you get born again, you are spiritually dead. Good God Almighty. Everybody understanding this here? You are spiritually dead. There is, there is no real life in you. Anybody born into this earth, you're born spiritually dead in need of a spiritual awakening. And that only comes by the Spirit, capital S, the Holy Ghost. Which means it's not emotional. Now, I'm not telling you you won't get emotional when this happens. I got emotional when I got saved, but I didn't get saved by emotion. I got saved by the Holy Ghost. Are you with me here? All right. Verse 7. Do not marvel that I said to you, what? Say it a little louder. You must be born again. Say it this time like an army. You must be born again. Look at your neighbor and say, you must be born again. You must be born again. I know you go to church and I know you've been here a long time. I know you serve in the choir and everything, but you must be born again. I know you're a good person. But you must be born again. I know you're pretty and cute and got good hair. All right, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Draw down to verse 14, please. Verse 14. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Got it? That whoever believes in him should not perish but have what? Yeah. Eternal life. Verse 16 says, for God, this is one we all know. I can quote this in my sleep. I can quote this at school. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. You know it, but have you done it? Y'all didn't say anything. Knowing is not doing. Wake up, everybody. Because, see, some of y'all go to sleep because you already saved, but just somebody in your family who's not saved, they, they think they're going to heaven. And you treat them like they're going to heaven. No, you need to treat them like they're going to hell. I'm not talking about bad, but be praying for them, interceding for them, and whenever God opens the door, speaking this word to them. I mean, if you really love them. All right? So let's read verse 16, like it's our first time. Ready? Read. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life now who's the one that's not going to perish but have everlasting life the one what not the one who heard about him not the one who sings about him not the one who preaches about him a lot of folks singing and preaching about jesus and don't actually believe in jesus no they i hear them say jesus that just because you say jesus don't mean you believe in jesus Verse 17, this is big. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, praise the Lord, but that the world through him, come on. So Jesus didn't come to crush and condemn and and ruin people's lives. He came to save. He came to save. That the world through him might be saved. So implication is the only way to be saved is through him. Are y'all hearing me today? Glory to God. So we got to make sure then according to the, the word we believe in Jesus. Hallelujah. So what do we see here? Whoever believes in him, verse 16, will not perish but have what? So we know then basic belief in Jesus brings eternal life. Got it? Give me Romans 10, verse 9 and 10, please. Some of y'all know the Romans are old from your Baptist days. We're not going to go through it, but I just want to show you something on here. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. This is what the word of faith, what it preaches here. Uh That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, Uh right, and believe in your heart, that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So what actions are required to be saved? I've got to confess it with them. I've got to make a declaration from my mouth. Based on me believing in my heart. And as a result, I will be saved. That's the action. Now in verse 10, he's going to explain what happened. Verse 10 says, For with the heart one believes unto, and with the mouth confession is made, So your basic believing gets you salvation and righteousness. How many of y'all believe in Jesus? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So your basic believing got you in the door. You understand? Gets you in the door. Gets you where I'm saved and I have now eternal life. I have it now because I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus. Now, we got to deal with that because there are people uh, around you, maybe even sitting here in this church, who um, they can hear us say that every Sunday, hear you say it at home, and yet uh, they don't feel the need. They don't, they don't understand why. Well, isn't God good? Isn't God just good? Doesn't God just love everybody? Yes, he does. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish. Yes, he loves you. Yes, he loves everybody. Straight, gay, black, white, rich, poor, Doesn't matter your your, your nationality, doesn't matter your region, doesn't matter any of that stuff. He loves every single person on this planet, murderer, rapist. He he loves everybody on this planet. But that love does not give you a free ticket to heaven. He loves so much that he gave. Why? Thank you, Holy Spirit. He said... Get, put, put it back to uh, John 3 and verse 16. John 3 verse 16. Watch this. It's going to be so plain to you in a minute. He loves the world so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes, believes in him should not perish. Now, well, what are you trying to say, Pastor? Because without believing in him, you're going to perish. In <laughs> other words, watch this. Done. not God love everybody? Yes, but perishing is the default. Did you catch what I just said to you? Perishing is the default. Okay, let me explain the default. Um, when, when, when uh, I got brother Oscar here does a little electrical work. When you install an, an outlet, uh, a light switch, a light fixture and a light switch, is the default for the light switch on or off? It's off. Right? Or else the light would always be on. So the default is off. You have to hit the switch to turn it on. You don't hit the switch to turn it off. You hit the switch to turn it on. The default when they install it is off. Do y'all understand that? that? That makes sense to you? The default of your car is off. You have to ignite it. You have to to turn it on. So for you and me, because we were born in this earth of a woman, our default is perishing. Our default is death. No matter how cute you are, no matter how curly your hair is, your default is perishing. So Jesus Christ came so that you should not perish so you can flip the switch and not have everlasting life. Yes, God loves you. That's why he sent Jesus, so you wouldn't have to perish. Glory to God. Because if you don't believe in Jesus, you stick with the default. In other words, God never sends anybody to hell. Why would a loving, good God send folk to hell? He doesn't. That's the default. You better catch that. Going to hell is the default. I didn't say your fault. I said the default. In other words, that's the preset. Not because of God, but because of Satan intruding in the garden and getting to Adam. Oh, boy. I better, I better give y'all something here. Okay. Listen to this. I must believe in Jesus because sin separates me from God. Because I was born a sinner, I must be born again. Because I was born a sinner, I must be born again. Because my default is perishing. Because I was, I was a sinner, born a sinner, I must be born again. That's what Jesus said over in John 3, verse 7, Marvel not that I say to you, you must be born again. Don't be shocked when I say to you, you must be born again. And he's talking to a religious person there. He says, all that religion don't mean anything. All you're going to synagogue every Saturday didn't mean anything. You come to church every Sunday, he said, that don't mean anything. He said, you must be born again. Glory to God. I'm preaching for the people online. Give me Galatians, I'm sorry, Romans 3, 21 through 23. Romans 3, 21 through 23. Watch it, watch it. But now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Keep going, please. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. So there's a righteousness that's revealed to all and on all who believe. Believe in who? Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. Got it? Why? He says, well, there's no difference. Why? Verse 23. For all, come on, have sinned and fall short. So as wonderful as you may be, as many times as you fed the hungry on Thanksgiving, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. <laughs> go, go back to verse 21 of that, 21, 21. So the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse twenty-two: Even the righteousness of God through faith in, Christ, in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. So not works. Faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah! I know this is basic, and y'all advanced, y'all college degree people having a hard time with this. Galatians three twenty-two. Let's keep going. Galatians three twenty-two. I want you to see this 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 Everybody awake? You alert? We're going to read it together Ready to read But the scripture has confined all Stop It didn't leave anybody out I like it, thank you Thank you Miss Hattie The scripture didn't leave anybody out It didn't leave preachers out It didn't leave deacons out It didn't leave ushers out, it didn't leave missionaries and evangelists out It didn't leave all the folk who who take care of the widows and the orphans out It didn't leave anybody out It didn't leave children out The scripture has confined all under sin That or so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ Might be given to those who come to church Oh, to those who believe. I'm going to ask you again. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in Jesus? If you believe in Jesus, say, I believe in Jesus. I I believe in Jesus. All right. Let's keep going here. I'm just building a case. My works... Cannot save me. My good deeds cannot save me. Now, I help people with this, Christopher, because the people who still who think that the works I do qualify me or 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 uh, constitute my salvation, I'm a good person. I remember I remember uh, this one uh, baseball star. Well, he's a retired baseball star, and I think it was last year, just maybe the year before, uh, he he was uh, down in his native. Uh, island and he was shot at a bar yeah. and uh, shot I mean I badly. He was so hurt that they, they uh, tried to do some they did some immediate surgery right there in his island but they had to fly him immediately from there to Boston uh, to get more surgery because he was on the verge of death and, and they, they said he cried out he cried out to the doctors don't let me die I'm a good man oh. they said that's what he cried out I'm a good man don't let me die Being a good man, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen, being a good woman is not going to keep you out of hell. Hey, look, okay, let me just, y'all come Wednesday night, I'm going to talk about money. On Wednesday, I'm going to talk, talk about prosperity, I'm going to talk about your finances, I'm going to make you happy then. But today, I got to make sure everybody's saved. Because what in the world good is all that money, and you... You die and go to hell. The heartbeat of God right now. I already told y'all, this, this is not my lane. But the heartbeat of God right now to make sure his people are saved. The Bible says the harvest is past, the summer is far spent. And my people are not yet saved. My people are not yet saved. And we have a church age now where it's okay to be anything and do anything in church as long as you come to church and you little stuff and people don't get saved in church. They come to church have a nice little time. They come to church have a nice little experience, but they never get saved. And God wants his people saved. I have some news for you. Good news if you're a believer. Bad news if you're a sinner. Jesus is coming soon. You give me 10 more minutes. I'm going to give the sinner the, the some good news to today, all right? So my works, my good deeds, cannot save me. Give me Galatians 2:16. Galatians 2:16. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you God. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you Lord. Thank you, Jesus for your great love for us. Thank you, Father, for your great love for us. Thank you for what you desire. Thank you for what you have planned for us. Thank you, Father. We receive it today in Jesus' name. Now watch this. Galatians 2.16, Paul says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law. Your works don't justify you. Justify means to make you right. You're not justified by works of the law. But by what? Jesus Christ even we have believed in Christ Jesus that we might be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law for by the works of the law no flesh shall be justified so say my works my good deeds cannot save me got it now moving quickly here I must put my faith in Jesus Christ alone Now I'm gonna get you to your money and your house and your car and your, your child and your husband and your wife. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you all that. I'm gonna get I'm gonna get you all that. I gotta make sure you save first. In John 14:6, Jesus says, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father. Now that's important because. It is Black History Month, right? Within the black culture, there's a movement afoot away from Jesus to the gods of our fathers. You go and you read Joshua, the 24th chapter, particularly verse 14 and 15. Joshua says, hey, you better choose who you're going to serve. Right. Verse 15. But that whole chapter, he says, he, said, he says, there were gods that your fathers served on the other side of the river, of the flood. He's, he's, equa- he's talking about the Euphrates. He's not talking about the Jordan River. He said there's the Euphrates, which he meant back in your native land. So in our culture, there's a movement afoot to get us to serve the gods, the idol gods of our native land. And they'll tell you Christianity is the white man's religion. It is not. It is God's spirit. It is God's relationship with his man, with his people. People talk about the blue-eyed devil. No, there's a lot of brown-eyed devils walking around here. No blue-eyed devil, that's stupid. Now listen, parents, because... Our children are being exposed to this on, on, on high school campuses, college campuses. It's, in, it's on YouTube. It's on, it's on the Facebook. It's on the Instagram feeds. They're being fed this stuff. And that's why so many of our youth, they don't, they don't have the zeal you have. It's because they're being fed some things that are telling them that, no, you can't serve that God or that religion, that Jesus. You need to serve this old, other stuff back here. And they'll have them serving demons. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. If you want to come to the Father, if you want to come to the God of the universe, you got to come by me you got to believe in me. you got to believe in me. you got to believe in me. Praise the Lord. Don't go serving snakes. <laughs> Rocks. Crystals. Burning incense. I'm talking about what's happening in our communities. People going a different route. I'm I, even church people in church. Yeah. Come on. Intermeddling with all wisdom, doing all kind of stuff because they're trying to be spiritual. Trying to be spiritual. That which is born of flesh is flesh. If you born of the spirit, you are spirit. You already spiritual. Right. Candles don't make you spiritual. Incense don't make you spiritual. Rock show don't make you spiritual. Be born again and you are spiritual. I'll tell you that, but Jesus Christ is the only way. All right, now, put this on the screen, please. Acts 4, 11 and 12. Acts 4, 11 and 12. I'm almost done here. Let me wrap this up. Acts 4, 11 and 12. I want you to see this here. This says, This is the stone which the builders, which was rejected by you builders, which has become the what? Same thing we've read in Isaiah 20, 28, right? Watch verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other. So you can't be saved through anything else. Not no rocks, no candles. Not not no chanting. Not no yoga positions. Y'all doing this yoga stuff. It's, It's for flexibility. No, it's Hindu worship. Wonder why your mind is all whacked out because you're in the Hindu worship with the thousands of gods that they have. Thousands of gods they have in Hinduism and yoga is, is like us doing uh, tahila and Torah. It's, it's their form of praise. Like we do praise worship, lift our hands. That's what, yoga is their worship. It's their praise. And, and they're putting it in our elementary uh, schools with our little children. Making our little football players and baseball players, basketball players do yoga to get them flexible. You better tell them no, my child will not be doing that. What are they gonna do? They're gonna go in the corner and just praise God. Hallelujah, Lord. I give you praise, I give you thanksgiving, I'm gonna worship you, Lord. It ain't all that. It is all that. Do you believe in Jesus or not? Come on, sir. He said there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So the only name yes, sir. that's going to you saved is Jesus. Say the only, name. the only name. All right, now, Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 10, 8 through 10. Passion. Because works cannot save you, but salvation will produce a whole new way of living for you. You got it? Well, pastor, I think I'm saved. How do I, how do I know? Well, because your life's supposed to be different. See, if you, if you were, if you were a, a caterpillar, you crawl all the time. But when you become a butterfly, you don't crawl no more. You've been changed. You're totally different. So when you're a sinner, you do what sinners do. But when you get born again, all things are passed away. You do something different. Praise God, I received this, Lord. Somebody said, I received this, receive this, Lord. Ephesians 2 8 through 10 says, For it was only through his, this wonderful grace that we believed in him. Thank God for his grace that we believed in him. Yes. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation. Nothing you did, nothing you do can earn salvation. You can, I'm going to donate $10 million. Great, we'll take it. But you still gotta be born again. Don't do not you all can laugh me all you want to. I'll take it. If some sinner come and say, Pastor, I'm gonna give you $10 million for your ministry, we'll take it. Thank you very much. Do you know Jesus? Well, I'm giving you the check. Praise God. But do you know Jesus? Well, give me the check first. Give me the check. I'm gonna put it on pocket. Do you know Jesus? Pauline, they deposit, deposit this. Let's just go to the bank real quick. You know, Jesus, because see, your million dollars can't buy it. Nothing we did could ever earn this salvation, for it was the gracious gift from God that brought us to Christ. So no one will ever be able to boast, for salvation is never a reward for good works or human striving. Praise God. We have become his poetry and recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us, for we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. So notice our works didn't save us, but once we are, now we can do the good works that he gave us. So when you get saved, D, there is a difference in your lifestyle. I'll deal with sanctification and holiness in another message. There's another message right there. Because there's, there's some things that sanctify people don't do anymore. Some things holiness people don't do anymore. God said, uh, the Bible said, be holy for I am holy. So there's things that holy people do or don't do that maybe we used to do. Y'all get quiet on me. Y'all get real quiet. Holiness is right. It's ordained of God. It's not a church. It's not a denomination. It's not a movement. It's a lifestyle. Got it? But before you can even get to holiness and sanctification, you got to get to true believing in the Lord Jesus Christ. All right. So there are good works. Now. Let me close right here. Go back to John three sixteen and 17. I'm only doing one closing today. <laughs> this is it. This is it, Robert, right here. This is this right here. Because if you're a sinner, we do have good news for you. Somebody watch it online. If you're a sinner, we have good news for you. It says here, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. Now, I don't know about you, but I was one of those whoever's. I think King James says whosoever. I'm used to that, King James. Whosoever believes in him. I was was, uh, born into a solid Christian family. Dad was a pastor. Mom was an evangelist. I told you, went to church f- uh, five out of seven days a week. But that didn't get me salvation. In fact, it wasn't until after both my parents had moved to heaven that I discovered I needed Jesus. Because up until that time, I was riding my parents' coattails. My daddy saved. Mama saved. I'm good. But I discovered I wasn't good. And it wasn't until they moved to heaven that I discovered that God got a hold of me and said, You need to be saved. And so at 17 years old, February 12, 1989, I'm sitting in the church. And the Holy Ghost gets a hold of me. And before I knew it, I was at the altar crying. Because I realized I need Jesus myself. It wasn't good enough that my parents had been saved, that my brothers were saved, my sister was saved. Didn't, it wasn't good enough that my God parents all the people I knew were saved. That wasn't good enough. That if I'm going to stay here on this planet and live this life, I need to be saved myself. And I couldn't be saved just because I was in the choir. because I was, I was in every choir. I was in, this, in the youth ministry. I was doing everything I could in church just because I, I grew up on it. I was used to it. But I was not saved. I knew about Jesus, and I had an affinity for Jesus as a child. If you were to ask me in, in school, uh, do I believe in Jesus or do I believe in, in, in Allah? I would have told you I believe in Jesus. If anybody had talked about Jesus Christ, I would have defended Jesus. But I had not done Romans 10, 9, 10. So I defended him because I knew about him. I, been, I learned about him, but I did not have a personal connection to him myself. I'm saying it because I want somebody in this room to see the difference between just knowing about him, knowing of him, and knowing him. You can't ride your parents' coattail. Thank God for Holy Ghost-filled parents. But you can't ride their coattail into heaven. You have to know him for yourself. And so he said, whoever believes in him should not perish. Thank God I know now I don't have to perish. I thank God I know now I have everlasting life. Now here's what helped me here. Verse, verse 17, mm-hmm. for God did not send his sons of the world to condemn the world. Now, when I, when I got a hold of that, that just kind of helped me because, see, I, the way I heard it, the way I kind of was in the environment that he was here to get on everybody. Yes, say, he was here to knock everybody down. Right. He was here to send everybody to hell. But once I read it for myself, DJ, I found out. No, he said, I didn't come here to condemn you. <laughs> I'm going to show you something here. Thank you, all those ghosts. So i bring it back up. He said, I didn't come to condemn you. The Bible says, but that the world through him might be saved. So he came for me, for Jonathan Marcus Anderson to be saved. Amen. Now watch verse 18. Throw verse 18 on the screen because this, this, is, this is important. <laughs> he who believes is not condemned. But watch this. He who does not believe is condemned already. Remember, that's the default. So I was born condemned. That, if you look at that word condemned, in other translations, it'll say something like sentence to death. Sentenced to death. So you're born sentenced to death. That's why God had to send Jesus. To... Uh, as, as they used to say in old, old old quartet, Jesus dropped the charges. Y'all don't know nothing about that. Jesus dropped the charges. I was charged and I was guilty as charged. Born guilty. But he dropped the charges on me. Yeah, that's thank you for the message says, you says you had this death sentence without knowing it. Why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one of a kind son of God when introduced to him. So today I'm introducing you to him. So as I heard even Pastor Bumper say last week, it's not your fault you were born in sin, but it is your fault if you stay in sin. You have a choice. Let's go one last place. One last place. I love this. I love this. Because I need somebody to hear me today, whether you're here in the, in the sanctuary or you're watching online, who you feel like, I don't know, Pastor, I've done some pretty rotten things. First Timothy 1, verse 15, in the CEV, Contemporary English Version. I want you to see this. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Period. Period. To save sinners. He didn't come for righteous people, he came for sinners. He came, tell, tell you that he came, you. he came for you. Tell somebody else he came for you. Came for you. you say that say this about now, they get mad. What you came for me? They're they coming for me. No, he didn't come, he didn't come for you like that. He came for you. He's not coming against you, he came for you. Now watch what Paul says. Watch this. This is Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the apostle Paul who got revelation of, of divine grace and everything else he got. This saying is true, and it can be trusted. Watch what he says. I was the worst sinner of all. He said, I was the worst sinner of all. But he says this statement is true, and it can be trusted. Because I'm saved. And if he can save me, he can save you. If he can save me with all my mess, he can save you with all your mess. If he can save me with all the foolishness I had in my life, he can save you with that little bit of foolishness you think you got. It's stuff in my closet you don't even know about. You can't even tell anybody. And Paul says I was the worst sin of all. and he saved me. But how do you get saved? By believing in Jesus. By believing in Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, when you're talking to people from now on, I pray that some point in your conversation this question comes up. Do you believe in Jesus? Because there are people you probably talk to all the time. They're nice, kind, gentle, wonderful, patriotic. And maybe have never been asked the question, do you believe in Jesus? I don't mean to keep bringing up Kanye West, but I keep hearing these little stories, more of his stories being revealed. And uh, he, he, he talked about how all this time, he'd be around all these Christians. And all, all the Christians he had been around, nobody even ever bothered to ask him or talk to him about Jesus. In other words, he's saying, if that had happened way back all this time, I would have come to Jesus a long time ago. but nobody ever talked to me about Jesus? They were just around me. So my prayer is that this question comes up in our conversation with people. Your friends, your neighbors, your cousins, your family. Bring it up to an enemy. They want to argue. Do you believe in Jesus? I remember one time, boy, my dad made me so mad. My daddy made me so mad one time. This one time, this, this, this guy, this big big guy, he was about my age. He jumped on my little brother, right? So he, when he jumped on my little brother, you know, I'm about to kill him. So I'm big brother. You don't jump on my little brother. I'm about to kill you. And uh, so I got, I'm, man, I'm about to kill this dude. And my daddy comes outside. He sees us about to get into it. And I'm, I'm, I'm about to jaw him. Y'all know what jawing is? I'm about to lay this joker in his jaw. My daddy goes, oh, son, y'all don't don't do that, don't do that. So I'm like, Phew. so my daddy grabbed the little boy, say, son, do you know Jesus? <laughs> oh Jesus!
1: <laughs> he
0: just he just jumped my little brother, man. Do you know Jesus? No, he don't know Jesus. he beat my little brother, man. Well, you go to Sunday school. I don't care about where you go. I'm about to kill him. But my father, that's what was on his heart. If I'm going to beat the boy, my father could have easily beaten the little boy. But on my father's heart was, do you know Jesus. And I'm, I'm telling you, it's on the heart of God. I, I was searching, Lord, what do you want me to say this Sunday? What do you want me to say? I mean, I could go all kinds of places. I got, all my, I got notes on my phone full of all kinds of messages I got. I, man, I'm, I hear messages every day. Lord, what do you want me to say to the people of God? And he didn't give me any of that. He said, I want people saved. I want my people to know that they know that they know that they're saved. And then I want them to go and help other people be saved. I'm not of the belief, I'm not of the belief that most people are going to hell. That's not my belief. There are people in church, they believe most everybody going to hell. That's not my belief. That's not my belief. Hell is enlarging itself every day. Heaven got enough room for everybody. Heaven was built for everybody. So I don't believe most people are going to hell. I believe most people are going to go to heaven. It's not God's will that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So all they need is somebody like me and you to say, hey, do you believe in Jesus? And open the door. conversation. But first you got to just make sure you believe in him. Like you say you believe in him. Amen. Amen. Amen? Father God, I have done what you've asked. And now in this moment, I ask Father that by the leading of your precious spirit that someone who does not know Jesus Christ personally as the Lord and their Savior, someone who um, has not made a declared belief in Jesus, a, a lifestyle change of belief in Jesus, that today will be the day that they would do so. I pray for not only those who are in this audience physically, but those who are in our audience online today and days to come, years to come, that somebody even might happen upon this message online and they would make the decision to receive Jesus Christ and know Him as their Lord and their Savior. It's not Your will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. It's Your will that all men will be saved. And so, Father, today I'm asking You to perform the miraculous work of salvation in the heart of some man, woman, boy, or girl in this place today. We take authority over every demonic force and stronghold that's been holding back anyone from believing faith in Jesus. We hold back, we we declare right now a deliverance of that individual. And we pray that, Father, that today will be the day of salvation, that they today hear your voice, that they hear your voice, the voice of the Holy Ghost. Jesus said that the day would come that the dead would hear his voice and live. So let those who may be spiritually dead hear the voice of Jesus and live today. I ask this now in Jesus' mighty name. We pray with expectation. Amen. Amen. And amen. If you're in this room today and you don't know Jesus Christ, if you hear this message, you say,